my mask in. Uh, the Scrubbers mask, and uh, it's a mask. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's also fogging my glasses up real bad, which I saw a trick that what you do is you you put uh, uh, like you take a a tissue like a Kleenex and fold it up and put it in the top right here and then fold the top over and then you'll never fog your glasses up again okay while wearing a mask but, is it uh, like a, a thicker material like theoretically if i wanted yeah, to open yeah yeah let it me up. hold on let me it's a little bit thicker than just like a piece of cloth like it has that on the front which it's kind of i mean it's on fabric so it's not super great it's a little blurry mm-hmm. i mean audio listeners are loving this and then on this side, it's got the uh, like it's like got two plies on it. But two uh, plies not much. I mean, these aren't they? They claim on that. I mean, they say on the website that these aren't uh, medical grade. They're just to wear throughout. I mean, you can rewa- you can wash them, which is good. So like, worst comes to worst, I do have this if I need. I'm gonna keep one in the car if in case I forget. Like, this is mine. Let me show you what mine actually looks like. This is the one I use all the time when I go out. This is my woodworking one, and it makes me look like Cabal from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't go around my ears. It Velcros around my neck. It has, like, these things right here are actually, like, they keep, like, moisture. It's like, like there's a padding on the inside, too. Like, these are what you can replace out. It sort of reminds me of a, uh, a altitude mask. I don't know if that's the right term, but like uh, we had these things called altitude masks where, or elevation masks okay. where you would work out and it would simulate you working out at a higher elevation, um, which makes it much harder to breathe. So Yeah, that's what these, I'm looking at them right now. That's what these look like. Mm-hmm. These make you look like Bane. So the elevation masses that I'm seeing mm-hmm. really make you look like Bane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I almost bought one. I had a I had an NCO buy one, and he was just like, this is shit. <laughs> I hate it. I hate <laughs> well, it so much. Well, I mean, this is it's a R, RZ masks. Uh, good luck trying to buy any now. They've been out of stock since COVID started. But uh, these are fucking great. I use these in the woodworking shop. Uh it's tough when it's hot outside. This is harder to wear than a regular mask is. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, I'd been wearing this since the beginning, since all this started. And if I, and I was in the car one day and I was like, shit, I forgot my mask and we're going to Walmart. And Hallie's like, oh, I got, you know, I've got a couple disposable ones in the uh, console. So I took it out and put it on. I was like, oh, this is pleasantly nicer. Like, this is so much nicer to wear this one than it is the one that I have. Everyone that says they can't breathe with these on are fucking liars is what they are (laughs) because they need to wear this for a week and then go. They'll be like, oh, no. Yeah. Give me that. Give me that blue mask. I'll take that, please. (laughs) So. But no, these came. uh, It's weird because this was all part of one order off of Redbubble. But these, I guess, got made first and got shipped out first. So they ship it out depending on how when it's made. They don't okay. wait until the entire order is created and then ship the whole order. It's strange, but okay. Because one of my t-shirts that I ordered has already shipped, and the other one hasn't even been created yet. So overall, would you recommend that uh, 
that mask. I, you know, I would not recommend the the only I would recommend it if it had the nose bridge. These uh the ones from Redbubble don't have the nose bridge. If they had the nose bridge, it would be fine. They're a little bit smaller, but I also have a big face. Mm-hmm. But the nose bridge would keep it from going down over my nose when I started talking a lot. Right. Uh, if it had the nose bridge, I would recommend them. Uh, as of right now, I would not recommend these masks. I mean, if you want to go to the extreme, I guess put a surgical mask on over or under the. Uh, I mean, yeah, scuppers but... mask. But I mean, like, <laughs> like these were ten dollars, and they're only they were only ten dollars a piece because I ordered four of them. Normally, they're like thirteen dollars a piece. Buy a shirt. Yeah, buy, buy, <laughs> buy a shirt. A shirt. <laughs> Yeah, buy a shirt and then get a sticker and put it on your face mask. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the way to go. I just but, bought an RZ mask. They're, oh, did you? Nice. Yeah, they're in stock. No. Oh, they are in stock? Yeah. I'm going to buy another one then. Uh, I need filters. I only have one filter left. Oh. So uh, RZ masks, if you hear us, we will. We want your sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Oh it's, yeah, oh yeah, because these are like woodworkers, firefighters. Like these are really good masks. They're legit masks. Yeah, they're really good masks. Uh, oh shit, they do have them in stock. Look at that. Oh, they got cooler ones. The one I bought was like twenty. I bought bucks. the titanium like, one. That one right in the corner. Yeah. Of course you did. Of course yeah, you did. <laughs> that shit's fucking dope. Oh, they have neoprene ones too. Nice. So yeah, I'll probably. Oh, they have a cam like a red plaid one. That's stupid. Oh, shit. There's a title. Guy Fieri. Did you see page two? No. You should go to page two of the M2 nylon masks. Oh, it's out of stock. But it is Flames Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> they have a tie-dye one, too, but that's sold out, too. So That's what's up. Man, let me tell you what. Devolver Digital should get Oscars for their presentations. <laughs> They have more story and emotion in probably any Zack Snyder movie I've ever seen. <laughs> so, hold on, time out. Did you watch the presentation or did you play the Devolver Land Expo? I watched the presentation. Was I supposed to play the game? No, no, no. It's fine because I didn't watch the presentation. I played the game. Oh, perfect. Well, then we got lucky. Our stupidity just happened to turn out right. So. Nice, nice. This is This is the ideal outcome. Uh, tell me, what was the presentation like? Well, the beginning of the presentation recaps everything that happened in the last couple of years because mm-hmm. they're telling a narrative. Yes. And uh, is it like the president of a robot at this point? I guess that may. I think her name's Nina, the main chick, the main president. Like she's the big person. Like she's the boss. Her acting is great. Like there's a part where she's supposed to be like in a like she's supposed to be like not brain dead, but like in a trance and you just see her like start crying and all i'm like this bitch should be a fucking like legit actress man she's amazingly good uh but no they start off with all this and uh there's a lot more narrative and skits and stuff than there is actual game stuff Mm -hmm. but it's so good i don't even care like it's great uh the first game that they showed let me fast forward a little bit uh the first game that they showed uh, was sh- uh, Shadow Warrior 3. Okay. And, man, I've never played a Shadow Warrior game, but after watching that trailer, first of all, I'm going to pause if uh, people are watching this in the stream. 
Uh, this is straight up just Travis touchdown is what this guy looks like. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. He looks a lot okay, with yeah. a pompadour. Okay. Re- yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Travis touchdown, but, uh, no, that game looks great. It looks like super fast pace and glo- not glory, but gory, uh, kind of like doom. Yeah. So I played shadow warrior one. I haven't played the second one. Um, shadow warrior one is just Asian Duke Nukem. Like, all the Asian cheesy, stupid one-liners. It's blood and guts and gore everywhere. I think the, the storyline was, is, like, some low-level like Yakuza was supposed to deliver an ancient sword. And he ends up using it and just starts like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And he starts cutting up everybody. This one is just straight up, hey, these are uh, ancient Chinese demons. It's just Doom with an ancient Chinese, like... Ma- not mask, but like skin on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't. It looks very interesting. I've never played one. Uh, I uh, someone in the chat just said that the first one is a. Uh, it st- starts strong, but it lasted way too long. So, your dude's name is Lo Wang. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't think I own any of them, but uh, I mean the Steam sale just uh, happened, but I could pick one up. But the Shadow, this one uh, is coming out in t- uh, 2021. We don't have a definitive. Also, they do the same like when they announce the game, and then afterwards they're like, "It's coming out now." It's the Nintendo, mm-hmm. like it's totally Nintendo. Absolutely they're copying it, Nintendo. and I love it. So, if you want to watch the narrative and all that stuff, I recommend going. Uh, I think it's to IGN's page. They have the entire Devolver Digital Direct. But I'm just going to go to the games real quick. I think the next one that they showed was, I believe it's Carrion. Okay, Carrion looks cool as fuck. Carrion. No, I'm sorry. Oh. I messed up. Well. The next one is this game called, uh, let's see, Fall, what was it again? Oh, Fall Guys. Yeah, yeah, Fall Guys. So, okay, so this looks really fucking cool. Fall Guys. I don't understand what the premise is. The premise is, is that you have 60 people on a track and whether your job is to you're working on teams to like collect as many items or balls and put them into your your hole as fast as you can or it's a race to the finish and you have to like bypass all these obstacles and you're bumping into people (laughs) and it is it is pretty much a battle royale race okay and he looks like you play i mean everyone's wearing costumes but you play as a little marshmallow man yeah so if Scotty would probably know this, there is a uh, a really low res web version of Sonic R, but it's like all fan made tracks and shit like that. And you can have a bunch of people, bunch of little Sonics, run on these tracks. And it My boy. To, to me, it kind of feels <laughs> it feels like this, except uh, Fall well, Guys looks way better. <laughs> It's it's yeah. It comes out August fourth on PlayStation Four and Steam. I I so, play the shit out of that. That would be a fun game for Thursday Night Throwdown. Yeah, we need to look into that because there's got to be. It has to be online play. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, next game is Carrion though. They had a little skit with like the monster, like as an actual actor, which is really funny. Who at who announces the game next to Phil Spencer? So <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> yeah, there's Phil. There's Phil right there. So. <laughs> You'll see it here in a second. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, no, like Scotty said in the Discord, this is just the thing, the game. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, like in in Devolverland Expo, 
um, you're you're obviously breaking into the expo where the canceled mm-hmm. event was supposed to be. And Carrion, I think, is the first game that you actually run into. Yeah, because like the premise is like you have all these securities drones try to keep people out to see what games are coming out, and then you pick up a t-shirt cannon. And so you just shoot the t-shirt <laughs> cannon at all of these drones in order to make your way through. But ultimately, you find your way going through this maze, and you see the carrion booth. And the first thing you see is a drone coming at you, getting ready to kick you out. And then this arm comes out of nowhere and just, like, slams it against the wall and drags it out. And you walk That's in, awesome. and it's, like, pretty much a setting like this. So, I mean, yeah. it looks it looks dope. This game. I mean, looks it's a dumb. game where you play as the enemy, like you mm-hmm. play as the boss. There, there it's was, coming. It's... It reminds me a little bit. I think the game is Lost or Inside, but you just end up playing the bad guy and you just start consuming all of. Yeah. But this one's a little bit more in depth. I'm excited. It comes to Xbox One, uh, PC, and Nintendo Switch, and Xbox Game Pass on July 23rd. Yeah. So don't gotta buy that game. Xbox Game. Well, Pass. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I want a physical release. I would love had that. a lot of these games. Like I, so when we watched the Ubisoft uh, forward thing today, and just me watching the first ten minutes of this, I was like, "This already beats Ubisoft. Like this is already so much better." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Devolver Digital has always just been more of like the publisher route, where they're pulling in a lot of different indie devs rather than. Ubisoft is having their own internal and in, internal uh, studios and they're all kind of like yeah, copying yeah, yeah. off of each other. And so it's like, let's make the same game, but for different settings. And this one is just like, well, what's funny is that at one point they're just like, let's just announce games that aren't actually go- exist. Okay. So- yeah. So I heard about this and I heard they got Sonic Fox on the, on board. Yeah. So the first one was, uh, they had Bennett Foddy on there and they were like getting down with Bennett Foddy coming to Devolver graphic FX 16. <laughs> and it says, will this, it was it say, will this into existence on discord? Yes. <laughs> and then the next one was a game called, uh, it looked like, be- team bean or beans team but it has the space jam logo and then the last one they had sonic fox on there and sonic yeah. fox is like what the fuck am i doing here and it's sonic fox's furry fighters 4 coming to devolver cast <laughs> people legitimately then- was just like wait where's the first three like on twitter was like can i be dlc where do i get the first game oh my god they even had a joke they had a Geralt uh thing in there too He's like, I'm not getting to the bathtub again <laughs> and all this other shit. It was pretty funny. Uh, and then the next actual game that they show, let's see. I think it's, oh, no, it's this, uh, everyone thought it was, uh, it's the one that coming into Nintendo. It's called Clea or everyone thought it was Clea, but it was like Olea or something like that. Olea I mean, or Olija or Olea. some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, it looks... It's like the 8-bit, like, kind of, like, stealthy kind of game, but it's got that really cool movement where, like, it's like the Ori movement where you do a pinpoint and your character, like, zooms to that point real quick. Yeah. Which I do like that. So. I but I thought it was cool. Um, there was another game that I was thinking of when I first was watching this, and now that that thought is just completely gone. I mean, I play. You this... look like you play as Aizawa from uh, Professor Aizawa from My Hero Academia. That's what your character looks like. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Because he's bit. in all black with the long black hair and the gray uh, scarf. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. It looks interesting. It's got real. Uh, you can't hear it right now because we're doing the podcast, but it, it, the music's super good in it. Yeah. That was. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big fan of the art style, but the, the music was pretty solid. Yeah. I almost said salvageable, and I was just like, that's not the word I want to say. But No, I'm sorry. The next one is the Serious Sam game. Serious Sam 4, I believe. Okay, so I've never played a Serious Sam. I have the second one, and I think I also have the third one. And I'm just like, oh, they're just like Duke Nukem. I'll get around to them eventually. And I yeah, saw this I... fucking trailer. And the music that went along with the trailer yeah. was so fucking brutal. It was awesome. They synced up all of the blast beats with the fucking gunfire. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it looks like I I hate to keep bringing it back to Doom, but like that's what these games are. Like these are Doom kind of games. And I'm probably going to check this out, too. I never played a serious Sam game either, mm-hmm. but. This is just big ass guns and firing it at big ass enemies, so I'm fine with that. Yeah. This one they didn't do a release date; they just said it's coming. So, oh no, I'm sorry, August 2020. So it's Steam and Stadia. So there you go. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, and then the last one they showed was uh, Devolver Land Expo. So they had this big build up. It was like 44 minutes, and they only showed off like six games. So it's just mostly character development. Yeah. Over the But this looks now this is where you get to take over and tell me a little bit about what this game is because I haven't played it yet. First of all, it's free. It is free. Um it's pretty simple. You'll probably not spend more than an hour in it, but you're just walking around with a t-shirt cannon trying not to get caught by the security drones as you check out all these other games cuz they did have like what is that? 1 2 3 4 Five, six. They had seven games. Take that back. They had seven okay. games. Um, okay. Games that we didn't cover. Weird West. Weird West is a action RPG. Uh, okay. It kind of looks like from the perspective, if you ever played Divinity Original Sin, it plays a little bit like that, but it's an action RPG. So gotcha. there's no turn-based mechanics in it. Uh, gotcha. But Weird West is like... Uh, let let's throw the witch doctor in there and the samurai and it's everything's a western but it's like westernized tropes from other places and then they implemented like horror aspects so you have zombies and blights walking around and these giant ass ogres so it's it's it, it's interesting um yeah blight bound which blight bound kind of reminded me of dragon's dogma but okay. it was a little bit more streamlined. Instead of having six characters, you have three different classes. And it's a bit more puzzle-based instead of uh, sword and board. Um, gotcha. I mean, it's a pretty game. We already talked about Serious Sam 4, Fall Guys, Shadow Warrior 3, Ulija. That was really it. The The end of the... Um, oh, you had to find these these little trinkets that correspond to the unreleased games, which now looking back at this fucking presentation, I now know what they're talking about. Cause they had like, they had a bag and then like a little, little furry mask thing on there. Yeah. And they're like little Easter eggs that you find throughout the game. I'm just like, what the fuck is these unreleased games? And now that you're explaining it, I, I'm putting two and two together. Gotcha. Um, but finally, once you get to the end, I guess the digital devolver spirits were like, you're not leaving here alive. And then this giant fucking TV monstrosity comes out of nowhere. And yeah, you have to the use trailer. the power glove 
to take oh, yeah, any of the bombs like a, that they throw at yeah. them. Yeah, you're you're going like fucking devil horns, and you catch yeah. each of the bombs and you throw it back. And it's it's entertaining. It's mildly challenging. It's not that difficult. But uh, biggest disappointment. There's nothing about the next installment of uh, Katana Zero. So, yeah, that was the biggest thing. I, I, there was nothing about I'm just going to always bring that up. The dude has probably worked. Like, that's his sole focus. And yeah. I'm still going to be that, that disruptive piece of shit. I love. So at the end of the whole thing, it's they show, like, b- behind the scenes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they got, like, their masks on and all that and showing the goofy bloopers and all that stuff. So I... There are so many developers that could take that need to take a page out of Devolver Digital's book and just be like, this is how we need to do our online, our, especially now with everything being online, mm-hmm. like your online presentations. This is how it needs to be. It's fun. You show games. You have like it's hilarious because the serious Sam guy in the video doesn't have a head. So he literally had to wear a green screen, just like green man mask. And then he just ran up. And so it makes him look like he doesn't have a head, and it's great. Okay. So. This, no, that's the uh, that's the Devolver Digital one. So this, you know, shit like this reminds me of when uh, Satoru Iwata was still alive, and mm. was running the Nintendo Directs with Reggie, um, and Shigeru. Uh, and while it's not as funny or as off the wall as this shit, they they still were having fun with it. Exactly. And that's the shit that I miss because the, Five the dumb, years. stupid skits the that they used was to... a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Way to bring the, so... the stream down, Chris. It's Way just so crazy. Like, why, why the fuck was Sonic Fox in there? Like, does he have fuck like, it. connections with digital, digital Devolver or something like that? He's, he's like ranked at least within the top five uh, greatest fighting game players. Yeah. At all t- at, of all time at this point. But I mean like right. to today especially. So yeah. Five time Evo champ. So yeah, there we go. But that was it. That was the that was the digital devolver thing. So that was pleasant. It's it's really weird. Like I talked about it today when we were watching the Ubisoft one. It's really weird to have these on the weekend. That's all I'm gonna say, because I'm not yeah, used to it. <laughs> it was it was a little bit like odd yeah but i mean the weekend's a weekend i'm usually i'm not spending my weekends watching fucking press conferences but it's true is what it is uh i mean do you want to run down do you want to run down the ubisoft one i mean yeah let's pull it up i mean there was only like a few games that uh i'm i just want to talk about valhalla that's yeah yeah we uh ubisoft let me see what is it ubisoft what was it ubisoft forward is that what it was called yeah Ubisoft Forward, and then just Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. I mean, yeah, we can talk about what... Like, let's just run it, run run the whole thing down. We start off with uh, Watch Dogs Legion, which was interesting. I'm going to let you talk about it while I pull up the, the conference. So it's, it's cool. The premise is just more along the lines of you... It's more class-based. So where Watch Dogs 1 and 2 was more of a coherent story... I don't know if they're going to be going the route of a more centralized main character rather than the ambiguous player character who has to recruit all these different people um, because of their skill set. And you have everything from like a uh, a hacker, a fucking security guard, 
um john drone wick. expert <laughs> yeah john wick uh the drunken guy who gets into bar yeah, fights and guy. shit like that um he just passes there was, there was something at least like 14 different characters which i don't know maybe that means 14 different uh fucking classes maybe. but to, to me i thought it looked cool because it kind of reminded me of not like very very vaguely uh reminded me of like hitman style games yeah, where yeah. you have different avenues of approach to get the the job done so what i would hope to see and this is just more of like turning up the difficulty for me but like if your if your player character or not your player character but if your recruits get captured or killed it's more along the lines of a permadeath system like you have to go like out fire emblem and stuff like that yeah you have to go out and recruit more people because you know the stakes feel higher and you're putting more of a time investment into these characters. And if you do happen to lose them, uh, that's more of an impact on you, the player. Um, well, the re recruiting system makes sense just seeing the trailer because you have the one taxi guy that picks up the character that's being chased. And then he becomes part of the Legion because he's mm -hmm. wanted now. So yeah, it makes just, sense. Just by being a fucking accomplice. So mm -hmm. no, it's so. it's all right. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I'm not really necessarily for it. Um, Watch Dogs One was fine. It was fun, but I haven't really paid much attention since then. We were, we were, we were like, is this just 15 minutes of fucking Watch Dogs? And it was. It was 15 minutes of Watch Dogs. Because I stopped watching after an hour. I think you kept watching though. I watched it for a little bit longer, probably another 15, 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. They were just, they started getting into more story elements of Assassin's Creed. And I was just like, I gotta, I gotta gotcha. stop here because now there's actually uh, an investment on my part for this. So the next one we had, we had an update to Brawlhalla. Cool. There's Finn and Jake. That's the only thing I care about. It's a mobile game. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they were announcing it. But no. Yeah. Like, I'll never play it. But if I were to play it, I'm a Finn and Jake main. Just, just putting yeah, that out course. there. Yeah, of course. We had a bunch of mobile games. You had the next game, which was what? Might and Magic, Era of Chaos. Uh, if mobile games are your thing, do it up. They're not yeah. our thing. Uh, yeah. Era of Chaos, all that. All, the only thing that we said was we hope we get our Raid, uh, Raid Shadow Legend uh, sponsorship soon. So. Uh, the next one we got, I can't remember the name of it, but in the trailer, oh, this is uh, this is that Tom Clancy game, Tom Clancy uh, Ed Elite Squad. Yeah, so it's, another mobile. It game. looks <laughs> like a squad-based, class-based shooter. Um, I don't know if they're strictly keeping it to the uh, the five classes that they were showing off. Um, the only notable thing is that Sam Fisher shows up. That's, That's it. it. That was like their way of saying, like, hey, we probably have somebody that's not going to play this game other than that it's it's weird seeing a cartoony version of uh tom clancy it's weird seeing the Fortnite version of something like this yeah i could imagine if this was all like legit serious it would probably look a lot better but mm -hmm. it's also a mobile game so <laughs> let's see what do we got next uh next one was they talked about the rainbow siege talked about that a bunch and i think it might have gone into assassin's creed after that okay so no no it didn't it's this hyperscape game next 
Oh, I forgot all about that shit. What's it's, that? Oh, oh, it's that's... the Ready Player One game. <laughs> right. So I don't know if this is trying to be a, a multiplayer game or a single player game because it has multiplayer aspects where you have like 99 people. Yeah, and like a battle royale. You're you're in this battle royale, but the storyline aspect of it is if you win, you go up in like society. So like the premise is, is that uh all of the global pandemics, the crises, the earthquakes, the political, the geopolitical conflicts, famine, all that shit has forced people to consolidate and live in these tiny bunkers where they're just really shitty fucking way of living and their escapism relies them winning this fucking game which i guess it's called hyperscape or some shit like that uh and then if you win you go to the hub which is neo arcadia i think and you can have a more prosperous life in that area ready player one is what exactly (laughs) but uh there's like this background storyline going on where people who are winning are disappearing Mm -hmm. and now there's a few of these characters that are trying to track down and find out what exactly is going on behind the scenes but there's there's no gameplay it's just a a trailer yeah so trailer again we were just like fortnite ready player one apex legends that's what this game is (laughs) yeah just all three of those things. Maybe. I probably would never play it unless there's like a really strong narrative unless Finn to and it, Jake are in it. <laughs> or unless Finn and Jake are in it. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, and I believe because they talk about that game for a while. Yeah. Unnecessarily. For a and while. then we go into the star of the game, the entire showing. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It, this looks, we Good. said it before. <laughs> Like, there's this game has no business being in the Assassin's Creed. It should just like, be called Valhalla. Yeah, it's there's no stealth. There's like very minimum stealth. The uh, stealth when they showed unquote. off the stealth, the stealth <laughs> lasted minutes. maybe three minutes, and it was like, hey, you could blend in with the you locals. You can put your cowl up, and then that's it. <laughs> you can sit down and eat. Yep, and then you can get up and follow your target. Let's go back to the 10, 15 minutes of combat we were showing off, which brutal looks so fucking sick. That one seat, like that, that, that chick fighting with the ax and then she like does this jump throw thing Mm -hmm. and they just eviscerate the center. I mean, there's a part where she had a great sword because you, your main character, you can play as a male or female in this. They showed the female off more. And at one part, she just has this great sword and just cuts this guy up into like seven pieces yeah it's ridiculous it's insane i'm still in love with the move where she takes the spear like uppercuts him with the spear and then takes said not spear the shield takes yeah. the shield uppercuts him with the shield and then smashes said shield onto the head and i'm just like marry me she, she captains america <laughs> she captain america is it real hard <laughs> it it is so brutal i mean that's what i, I love podcast, it or that's what i named the stream was all assassin's creed valhalla needs now is death metal that's yes, all it needs in the that's background it. that's it i haven't played a an assassin's creed since black flag i think because no, no, no i mean i played unity 
I didn't play Syndicate, and I missed out on Origins and Odyssey. This the one part I saw like sh- in the combat, like you can like there's like a little cutscene where you pick up a dude and run him through a door, and then yeah! she catches a spear out of midair and throws yeah! it back at the person. <laughs> uh, like he- it's you're like playing heavy metal Link. Give me an Assassin's Creed with a parry system, and you got me forever. (laughs) Yeah, this is insane. This this game is absolutely insane. And I mean that makes sense too because it's Vikings. You wouldn't be with Vikings. It's not all about diplomacy and shit like that. There's a little bit of that, but it's about combat. I love the diplomacy. It's just like no, you should let him live. No, I'm gonna kill him. This is the way. Now that's what you wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, those actions like decide whether or not you get into valhalla as well so yeah spoil they ruin some of the story because they tell you what happens at that point i'm just like i mean they could literally be like she goes to valhalla and then they're like let's just throw her back and like you could just be back they could jack up the narrative it's assassin's creed for god's sake here's my question on it like i i've i've been away for the last couple of games because i don't know what's going on in origins and odyssey uh, Assassin's Creed has always had this background narrative. So, like, uh-huh. the shit that was going on with Desmond and then, like, the the new recruit for Black Flag. And I know that there was some other background shit going on with Syndicate. Um, I, I, I want to know if there that. is a background narrative to the newer Assassin's Creed and this game. And I want to know how that possibly ties up. I don't if, want if any of Juno, that shit. If Juno is still a thing, like... Just just my morbid curiosity right. speaking out about this stuff. That was always like I, – I, that was a cheap way of the writers being like, all right, we need to calm down the combat and craziness with this slow stealth part where you're no longer the assassin. You're Desmond in the real world, and you're trying to get out of this facility. Now, fuck that. Take me back to where I'm in the past, and I'm killing shit, all right? That's what I want to be. Let me be the assassin. The – the aspect of them talking about slowing shit down and letting you relax, they they let you stack rocks. Yeah, it's and <laughs> the game stack rocks. The game is still. I mean, it's it's absolutely fucking beautiful. Like watching it, and I'm excited. Like it looks really cool. It should be an Assassin's Creed game. It should just be a really cool ass Viking game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they got to sell it somehow. It's got to be a triple A. Oh, yeah, the Mortal Kombat. If there's Mortal Kombat fatalities. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because they got these seeds where you take your blade and shove it into somebody. And then it goes, like, inside the body. And it's bones are breaking and yeah. organs are being split wide open. That was the Ubi. It's coming out November 17th. So, yeah. I'm there's another thing that I was excited for, but it's an article. So, I'm going to push that forward. Okay. Well, that's the two events. I think those are the two main events that happened this week. Yep. Like, yeah, presentation-wise. So. All right. So, well, uh, I didn't watch any anime this week. I held off on anime. I haven't started it. I've been really busy. Uh, I guess I'll start with this one first, that I am starting culinary college in uh, August. I'm in the process of getting my final transcripts sent over to the college. I had my college tour with the uh, culinary director and the head uh, instructor, and I fell in love right away. And I couldn't believe the price for a two-year associate's degree in the culinary arts. It's only $9,000. 
which is really good for if you look at culinary school. Because if you go to any like private culinary school, that shit's expensive. So I'm excited for it. What I saw show me like three different kinds of kitchens and all this other shit. The first kitchen I walked into, like I just got rushed with like nostalgia because it was like what was great was everything was stainless steel and everything was fucking clean. And I was just like, oh, man, I got to hide this chub that I got going on in front of my future teacher. So <laughs> but I'm super excited for that. I should be starting as long as everything's good to go. Get registered for classes. Uh, my orientation date will be August 13th. And before anybody asks, yes, the culinary classes are going to be in person. You can't do culinary classes like online and shit like that. But major precautions are being taken six feet apart, like set up in classrooms, face mask requirements, hand washing stations. There's like, I mean, even to go into the gym that's on campus, they're only letting a certain amount of people in the gym at a time. And there's always somebody there to clean everything just in case somebody doesn't clean something. So they're taking precautions. We'll see how it goes. And uh, but yeah, I'm excited about that. Right on. The other main thing I did, uh, I played some more Final Fantasy XIV. I'm one level away from maxing my main character. So once I do that, I'll be done with the storyline. I can start, like, gearing up and shit. I joined a guild, uh, not a guild, they're called Free Companies in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, just person, random person was like, hey, you want to join? I was like, sure, I ain't got shit going on. My old one kicked me out because I hadn't played for so long. So I joined in. They're really nice. Uh still doing the leveling like just making sure to do your your alliance or your your duty roulettes every day because if you do your duty roulettes every day and your shadow bringers and i think you can do Stormblood, they give a good amount of uh of xp too if you do the daily like beast tribe stuff you can level at least at high level like two levels a day which is pretty wow. good just doing that if you want to go more hardcore and like dungeon grind and do other shit nonstop and like do all the side quests, you can level a lot more. So my warriors one one level away. Uh, I'll probably gear them up, uh, check out some of the end game content, and uh, I don't know. What's I'm considered excited. strong right now in uh in Shadowbringers? Uh, warriors is still warriors still pretty good. Uh, they lost some of their DPS. They they in Stormblood they used to be like top DPS tank. Like, they were just the best, but they cut their DPS a little bit to give them a little bit more survivability because they were kind of like glass cannon tanks where they had, like, damage mitigation, but they mm -hmm. have more damage mitigation and stuff now. Uh, other than that, I don't really know. Like, uh, monks are still kind of like, they need a huge buff right now because monks are not that great. I think dancers are still good. Uh I think samurais like everyone was like, Oh, I want monks to be better, but samurais do everything that monks do bet and they do it better. So everyone's just still playing samurais. Uh, I don't know enough about it. Like, I don't know what is top tier classes and shit right now. I heard black mage is always fun. I know for a while, black, black mage was like number one DPS. I'm looking up the, uh, I just pulled up some Final Fantasy logs and they're going through the trials mm -hmm. and seeing what's the best DPS. Right now, Summoner is sitting on top with Samurai right behind it and Black Mage taking up third. Uh, I mean, there's only tanks. four. I haven't tried Gunbreaker. Gunbreaker still looks cool. I think it might be Dark, Dark Knight, I think is what it's called. They're still pretty good. Because mm -hmm. you've got your tanks are Warrior... 
uh, Paladin, Dark Knight, and Gunbreaker. Your healing classes are White Mage, White Mage, White Mage, and White Mage. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the other. Scholar, I think Scholar's one of them. Astronomer, Astronomer, I think that's a healer as well. Uh, I don't know. But I have, when I did Shadowbringers, when it first came out, I got a free level 70, and I leveled a Black Mage all the way to 70. So I might just level that next. Just to, The problem with those those levels, like when you buy them like that, you don't know how to play your fucking class. The whole part of leveling a class is learning how to play the class as you're leveling. But if you just get an automatic to 70, you're like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So you got to watch videos and read articles and shit. So... It's, I would always, it, 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 how easy it is to level in Final Fantasy fourteen. I really don't think people should ever have to actually buy a free level. So, I don't know. It's looking like right now best tanks are Gunbreaker, followed by Warrior oh, and Dark Knight. All I know is go. that if you are a warrior, I'm sorry, if you are a tank or a healer, you will automatically get queued for your roulettes and your dungeons. Oh, always. That's that's, well, that's just how, how MMOs that in general are because everyone's trying to play. Yeah. But luckily, they invented the uh, yeah, the yeah, halls yeah. of heroes or whatever. It's those dungeons that you can go to and just keep clear random floors as DPS and get levels. Like you can do that. Uh, but the mm -hmm. best thing to do is get a free company with a healer or a tank and be like, "Hey, does anybody want to do dungeons?" And hopefully, they're a healer. You, you got to have a pocket healer or a pocket tank. That's what they're called. Exactly. Be like, hey, they're like, I already did my daily. I'm like, I don't fucking care. You're going with me. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, game's still good. Uh, the next thing, I, I want to save that one for last. I played, I haven't beaten it because I just started playing it yesterday, but I bought Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. And I, it's been a while since I played Curse of the Moon 1. I mean, probably a couple years. But this game's fun. Like, I mean, it's just Castlevania 3. I don't. Not playing both of them back-to-back, -back, I don't know what the changes are. But just playing it, it's Castlevania 3 with different characters than the first one. Yeah, I bought it. I spent about a half hour playing it's, it. Yeah, it's good. Sprite works phenomenal. Music's good. It's, it's a good game. Gameplay's good. Did you pick the veteran mode? Yes. Okay. So they have veteran, and I don't think they call it casual, but they might call it like friendly or something like that. The only difference between the veteran mode and the other one, there's two differences. I can't remember one of them, but the one thing is when you get hit, you get knocked back, like in Castlevania, like old school Castlevania. Right. I don't know what the other thing is. I think if it's if your character dies. Infinite lives. I think oh, it's infinite okay. lives, which from what I heard, your, your characters still get incapacitated yes and then when all of them die then you lose a life yeah but levels get so fucking hard when you lose that one character you that would have made it so much easier oh yeah so the second stage i was using dominique and uh -huh. dominique is pretty much the uh the mr scrooge of the group yeah because all i do is use her to bounce off of enemies and obstacles and shit yeah. like that um but the the fucking water killed me the purple water and yeah the purple water the fucking water killed me i was just like oh what what's so bad about this oh i died yeah two fucking hits i died i'm like that is bullshit wait till you get robert robert i already got robert some, robert sometimes I've been super dies in careful. one hit 
I've been super careful with Robert because Robert's got like the the best range of the game. He could hit you from anywhere. Yep. He could fight prone. He could get on walls and shoot, but his his health is just so fucking. Yeah, he tiny. has he has Mega Man wall jump or Shinobi wall jumps. Mm-hmm. He slides down the wall. He can also crouch down so he can crawl underneath things. I didn't know that yet. Yeah, so when you crouch down, and tried it. when you lay on the ground, he can actually move while you're laying on the ground. That's awesome. Uh, so you haven't gotten Hachi yet. I have not gotten the Corgi. The Corgi in the mech is awesome. Uh, it only has one special ability, and it just makes himself invincible, and it drains your weapon bar. So how many stages is it in this game? I am on stage five or six right now. I haven't. I'm in like a castle right now. The, wait until you get to the volcano stage. That's where shit gets stupid, and it's just hard as shit. Is that when you get Hachi, or is that... That's the level after... That's two levels after you get Hachi. Okay. Yeah, because you get Hachi in the water level, I think. Yes. I don't remember, so we'll see. <laughs> Hachi's really good because he, uh, like, iced where your characters would slip. It doesn't affect him. Because he he's so fucking heavy. Well, yeah, he can walk on spikes. He breaks spikes. Uh, he has a butt ba- a butt stomp that can kill enemies that are underneath the ground. So it does a shockwave and it hits them and it kills them. Oh, nice. Uh, he also he can walk in water, like water that would normally kill you. I believe he can walk in that. But I've also seen screenshots of the characters from the first game in this game. So I think that we still have I, – I have a feeling that there's going to be a quote-unquote final boss where something happens and it's only like the midway point, kind of like in The Messenger or something like that. Spoilers. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Spoilers. It's, it's – how long has The Messenger been out and you haven't played it? Go fuck yourself. Years. That game years. came out in 2016. That's a, that's a me problem. That's your fault. I don't give a shit. It is my fault. Uh, but no, that game's great. I, after this podcast, I'm actually going to go play more of it probably. I'd like to beat it. Because uh, the first one was fairly short. I remember pl- streaming it and beating it one night. And it's like four hours long. But it also was just like an addition onto Bloodstain. It wasn't like mm-hmm. a, they were like, let's see how this goes. This one is a legit sequel to that. So this one might be a lot longer. So I don't know. We'll see. I'd welcome it. I think it's. I think having the uh, the t- the the franchise split between two separate. I like Curse game of the Moon more than I like actual Bloodstain. <laughs> so, <laughs> the fuck you. Bloodstain is great. Well, Bloodstain's more Symphony of the Night. Like it's that style. Yeah, of Symphony of the Night. Uh, playing as Soma Cruz. It's just. It's pretty much female Soma Cruz. But the, I'm more of an old school Castlevania person, so I like the Curse of the Moon franchise. That's fine. So. There we go. That's fine. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about, because I'm going to talk about this for a minute, is the new f- monster in Monster Hunter World released. Uh, it's new. It's not a new monster. It's from Monster Hunter Tri. Uh, it's Elatrion. Elatrion is a black dragon. Uh, it has control over all of the elements. It uses fire. It uses dragon. It uses ice. It uses water. It uses everything. And uh, a lot of the Monster Hunter World community is a fucking flaming shithole right now because people are so pissed off. They're like, this monster is bullshit. It's uh, so the way the monster, the way Elatrion works is uh, after about six to eight minutes, it does an ultimate move and it will kill you. It kills your entire party, kills everybody. 
Like there's no, indiscriminately doesn't matter. No way to heal through it. Nothing kills you. Health bar goes here. Health bar goes here in two seconds. Like you're done. You're dead. You like, and if it's all four of you right there, the quest is over because you only get three carts. So if you get three carts, which is that's four carts, the hunt's over and you're done and over with. Fuck that. The gimmick. It's not even a gimmick. The mechanic behind it is, if you do enough elemental damage to a Latrion. It will weaken his, I think it's called Escobar or something like that, like some kind of uh, attack. So that one-shot kill attack, you will be able to heal through it. So that's the whole mechanic is doing enough elemental damage to him to where the NPC literally says, you've done enough elemental damage to Elatrion. And then when it goes and does the big move, you can survive it and then just start wailing on it again. And then there's another mechanic where once it shifts, so there's two quests for this monster. Uh, they're named something different, but one quest, Alatrion, will start in the fire state, and then the other quest, Alatrion, will start in the ice state. And if it's if Alatrion is in the fire state, it is incredibly weak to ice. If it's in the ice state, it's incredibly weak to fire. The whole gimmick is if you decide to go in there with an element that counteracts the element that Alatrion is, uh, there will be a time when he switches into dragon mode where you can break his horn and it will prevent him from switching into the other element like that you're using. Because if you are using ice against him and he's ice, you will do zero elemental damage and you will not make the DPS check and you will die. And the Monster Hunter community, they are pissed off because they're like, I shouldn't have to use elemental. You're forcing us to use elemental weapons, and it's bullshit. Because everyone just wants to be a big dick G, take their raw damage weapons in there, and just strong arm everything, just like you could do in the rest of the game. And right. there's, there is a petition saying to remove or change the mechanic of Elatrion's ultimate move. And all the other Monster Hunter players that have, like, me and a bunch of other people, I've made both of the armor sets, and I've made half the weapons already. And we're just like, look, I hate that phrase, but get fucking good. Like, stop being a dumbass and learn. Like, Monster Hunter is never about using one weapon and being stuck with it. It's about – like, I spent six hours. Uh, Elatrion dropped on Thursday, and I spent six hours on Friday – doing the fight by myself because i didn't want to jump into a group with a bunch of other people and then i cart three times because i don't know how the fight goes mm -hmm. it's not fair to everybody else i went in there and soloed him six hours and that might sound insane to some people but i saw myself progressing and getting better i picked up a weapon i've never touched before dual blades because they are the best because they're the best at doing elemental damage because element damage works on when your weapon hits and dual blades hit fucking a lot and really really fast it literally just like shreds through a latrion so it's like elemental damage more or less based off of a meter than actual values so like in my mind the way that you're putting it is just based on how many times it hits so is there like this this meter that is constantly going back down to zero and the more that you hit the higher that meter gets kind of i don't know the full science behind it all i know is weapons that hit a lot fast do a lot more elemental damage than weapons that do a lot of damage but hit slow. Okay. So they might have low raw, but in this fight, the raw doesn't matter. And that's what people aren't wrapping their heads around. But I legitimately, I remember about two hours in, I met the first DPS check. 
and I was just like, oh shit, like I'm I'm doing it. And like after a while, and then later that night, I jumped. I was like confident enough to jump in the group with somebody else, and we just one shotted it, and I killed him like eight times in a row. And now the fight is my favorite fight in Monster Hunter. It's so fun. It's so fun to play. And I also love that it's pissing off so many people. <laughs> like <laughs> That's the only reason why you like it. Well, there's, so there's something the that you're good at that nobody else is good at. Well, the thing at. is, too, the armor is fantastic. The armor's so good. It looks great. I posted a picture of it in the Discord. Uh, oh, I didn't even see uh, it. I posted it. Actually, I didn't post. I posted my Twitter link or the the tweet that I made about it, and then in that tweet, I have a picture of the full armor, and that's like the beta set armor. But the resist it doesn't have any negative resistance. It's resistant to every element, and it has. Oh, dude, that's fucking yeah. sick. It's really, really good. Like I have an amazing set right now for dual blade. All of the weapons are su- they're the best dragon weapons in the game, because all of his weapons are dragon element, and. Mm. I'm so happy with it, like, because at one, because like he has a two, so armor sets in Monster Hunter have set bonuses, where if you wear enough of uh, the armor set, you get like a two piece set bonus or a three piece set bonus. So Alatrion has a two piece set bonus, where I don't know if it's two or three, but one of them, your elemental damage is increased based on your elemental resistance. So the higher your elemental resistances are, the more of a boost to your element uh elemental attack that you get. The two-piece is a it, the two-piece just straight out gives all of your elemental resistances plus 20%. And then the three-piece is where uh your uh, elemental attack is increased by how much elemental resistance you have. So you can gem okay. in elemental resistance and eat for elemental resistance, and it puts your elemental attack through the fucking roof. I have seen somebody with a hunting horn where, I don't know, hunting horn raw damage I've seen, like, super fucking high. They have, like, 2,000 elemental damage on a hunting horn where that is normally, like, 800 because they have boosted themselves with the Latrion armor. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> But no, I've been I played that for like three days straight, just playing Monster Hunter nonstop. And I'm back in Monster Hunter again. It takes it takes a little time to come back in, but I'm back in. So they released that and then at the end of the trailer they have uh I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's like the frost blighted frost blighted Barioth. And basically it's this Barioth that has lived in the harsh cold so long that it has evolved into a badass Barioth. <laughs> And that is the next big monster update for Monster Hunter. Okay. And all of those updates are completely free. And what's great is PC and console are up to date now. So all the so they come out at the same time. So someone was like, "Oh, there's a bunch of people playing on PC or on uh, PS4." I'm like, "Fuck that! It's on PC." So <laughs> PC has mods. Like mods are great in this game. So, but nah, that's all I got. That's all I did this week. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's all I did this week. I wanted to bring up one other thing, but I can't remember what it was. So, yeah, that's uh, all I got going It'll come on. to you when it's most inconvenient. Um, more of the same. I've been playing. I'm still going through Xenoblade Chronicles. I probably have, like, another 30 hours to go before Jesus. I can go to the final boss because you're trying to build up Colony 6. And I- I'm at this point, I'm like, 
fuck all the other social links that I'm supposed to do. Like you're trying to make everyone like each other. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, I have to make for all seven characters, six people like you, like love you. I'm not fucking doing that. Not when I'm already struggling to find like all of the core items I need in order to like beef up colony six. I'm like, no, fuck that. So now it's just a matter of doing all the side quests because I want that sweet, sweet experience, seeing all the secret areas, killing all of the the major boss enemies, like not not necessarily like secret bosses, but like high level enemies that you normally would not be able to kill. So pretty much anything that's level 80 and above searching for and killing those motherfuckers and apparently i think there's like a level 150 boss out there which you actually have to gear up for in order to kill it so when the time comes to do that that's what i'm going to be trying to do uh more guilty gear i was also playing a little bit of mark of the wolves um that's getting a physical release by limited run that i will be getting yeah i am hoping that when it does come out that because I don't know if it's on PS4. I haven't seen it for PS4. Yeah, that's but, what it is. That's what the yeah. So release. I'm hoping that because the online for the Steam version is really good, and I'm hoping that they're going to keep that netcode for the PC for the PS4 release. Um, but no, I was teaching my son how to play uh, Mark of the Wolves. Um, that went as expected because he is four. <laughs> I forgot. But, me, uh, me and Scotty played Rayman Legends on Thursday, and uh, that game is great. That game, I, it was my idea. Like I was trying to figure out something to play. We were gonna, so we started off playing Nights into Dreams because it was the twenty some kind of anniversary for Nights into Dreams. Twenty fifth. It was the twenty fifth. Okay, and maybe uh, we couldn't get it to where I didn't want to play it because I'm terrible at that game. So we were going to be like, all right, we'll par second and we'll let Scotty, we'll change Scotty to player one. Now, not when it's a single player game, it doesn't give you that option to switch. So, oh, that sucks. So I played it for a little bit and Scotty was just finally like, you suck at this game. And I was like, okay, whatever, <laughs> let's play Rayman Legends. <laughs> and uh, we got up to the point, uh, we beat the first world with the Teensies. And Scotty's like, we have to beat the first world. We have to play Castle Rock. And I was like, why do we have to play Castle Rock? He's like, they sing Ram Jam's Black Betty to you. And I went, okay, maybe that's just like the teensies do it outside of the level. The level is an auto runner where your actions make cymbals and drum beats to Ram Jam's Black Betty. Dude! You need to check out the 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 clip from the Twitch uh, VOD that I put in our and the Megavision's channel. I lost my shit. They, so legally, they don't say the lyrics. But it's just like the character, like the bad guys going, like it's like just gibberish. And I lost my shit. I was laughing so hard. Like that game. And I told Scotty, I was like, is this how all the game is? He goes, it starts off pretty strong. Like they have some other songs at the end of levels, but this is probably the best one. And it's just literally, you're destroying this castle that's being invaded. And it's just playing Ram James Black Betty the entire time. <laughs> That's amazing. It was super good, and I was like, holy shit, we need to play more of this game. Uh, So I didn't play Rayman Legends. <laughs> but uh, what I did finally check out, 
outside of Curse of the Moon 2 was uh, Super Liminal. Super oh, Liminal yeah. was that game that we saw. I don't remember. I don't think it was like E3, but it was like some other press conference. Some other people have been pl- playing that. For the PlayStation. And it's that game where like you take an object and depending on where you place it in the room, it gets bigger or smaller. That game is just Portal. Oh, is it That really? game thematically is just Portal. I mean, it's been a long time since we've gotten a Portal game, so why not? So, like, you you went to this company because you can't sleep that well, and you're now, like, locked in this dream, and they're trying to exercise your brain and your brain power as you dream, but you have this this AI voice that's talking in the background trying to push you to, to continue to move forward, and it, it, it is – it's just Portal. Like, there's just, like, this one little quip where it's just, like – uh, just just a reminder, if you are having any difficulties, you have to call the care team. Uh, I am not the care team. So reminder, I don't care. I don't care what <laughs> happens to you. Um, awesome. It's it's entertaining, but I can't get the aftertaste of GLaDOS out of my mouth whenever mm. they speak. So that's so, your fault. <laughs> that's a me issue. And like you, you see like like everything that's presented to you like i don't i don't know if you'll see it here you've moved away from like there's the there's the rooms that you're in and you have the items and the test subjects and shit like that and then those panels can be knocked over and then you can see the warehouse behind it but whenever you're in the warehouse instead of being in the rooms that you're supposed to be they apparently can't see you and gotcha. there's now okay. this doctor that's talking to you through these these tape decks where it's just like you're special because you're actually able to move outside of the the test subject room and we've never had somebody do that some of these parts are fucking with my brain and my eyes (laughs) oh yeah it's all about fucking with perception uh i think one of the things that they said is like perception is reality and I'm in this this hotel area now because I got past the first stage. And in the second stage, um, you'll be walking down a room and you think that you see a wall and it's just another hallway. And then vice versa. You think you see a hallway, a door to the right way, and then they just fucking boom. No, it's a mirror. And these lights that are pushed and orientated in a certain way that you can't move past this fucking piece of cheese is getting so big oh no no no. that's that was me the first time i played because there's a room the first thing that you see is a chess piece you see a pawn yeah and i pick it up and i look all the way up and i drop it and it just gets bigger and bigger bigger and bigger bigger it's it's dumb it's super dumb i love it how much is that? How much is that game? How much did you pay for it? Right now, it's sixteen bucks on the Switch, which I don't know if I would recommend the Switch version because I have hit some frame rate drops. Mm-hmm. It does stutter a little bit, so maybe pick it up for Steam or PS4. Gotcha. Um, but it's entertaining enough. I'll. I think I'll see it to its conclusion. Cool. It's like, it's Portal, but it feels like. Um, what's that fucking game called? He made the beginner's game, but his first game was, I don't remember. I lost it. I don't know either. That looks interesting. No, good game. 
what the fuck else was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say that the uh, album, the new album by The Midnight came out. Monsters uh, released on Friday uh, the 10th. And it's pretty good. I like it. Okay. If, if you're into like pop, not, not so much poppy, but it's synth wavy with some smooth jazz and some stuff like that. If you like that, check it out. It's called uh, Monsters by Midnight. And uh, there's some there's some banger tracks in there. There's some other tracks that's just kind of like, okay, that's fine. Nothing too fancy. But I got it. It's on any. It's on you know iTunes, Spotify, all that shit. Uh, my physical version should be, hopefully, I haven't got an email that they shipped, but they should be shipped because I bought a physical CD of that album. I bought a physical CD of their previous album called Kids because I really like that album. And then I bought like they had a pin, so I got a, one of those pins as well. So cool. But no, you, sh- you should go get that a listen to. That album's really good. Now it is time for the news. Uh, first article that we have uh, is titled "Huge Shuffle." Sorry, huge reshuffle and uh, departures out of Ubisoft. So three high-ranking Ubisoft executives have stepped down after a recent wave of alleged sexual misconduct and toxic culture throughout the company. God damn it, why did I take this article? It's got a bunch of last names that I can't pronounce. <laughs> God damn it, when I was reading it, I was like, I'm going to give this one to Chris. Uh, so bear with me, I'm going to butcher these names. But uh, the publisher today announced that Chief Creative Officer Serge Haskoyet. Haskoyet. Haskoyet, Managing Director of Canadian Studios, Yanis Malai. Malai? Malai? Malai. You know what? You say them when I come to them. <laughs> and it's global head of HR, Cecil Cornet. I got that one. Would not uh, would no longer be filling these roles. It is said that the three stepped down following the initiation of rigorous review that the company began in response to recent allegations of misconduct and inappropriate behavior. A report in the French newspaper Liberation yesterday identified Hasquet as playing a central role in Ubisoft's culture culture problems. With one source saying the executive has, quote-unquote, the most toxic behavior in the whole business. Per Yves Guillemot? Yves Guillemot. Yves Guillemot. Ubisoft has fallen short in its obligation to guarantee a safe and inclusive workplace environment for its employees. This is unacceptable as toxic behaviors are in direct contrast to values on which I have never compromised and never will. I am committed to implementing profound changes across the company to improve and strengthen our workplace culture. Moving forward, as we collectively embark on a path leading to a better Ubisoft, it is my expectation that leaders across the company manage their teams with the utmost respect. I also expect them to drive the change we need, always thinking of what is be- uh, what is be- best for Ubisoft and all its employees. Guillermo will be <laughs> Guillermo will be <laughs> filling Haskaway's role. On an interim basis, where he will manage, uh, he will manage a quote unquote a complete overhaul of the way to creative tra- teams collaborate. <sighs> Ubisoft specified that Malay will that Malay will be leaving the company because the recent allegations have come to light in Canada against multiple employees, make it impossible for him to continue in this position. Last week, the company announced that Ubisoft Toronto VP of of editor Maxine uh, Bailon has resigned over allegations, while another Ubisoft Toronto individual was fired for engaging in behaviors that do not align with what is expected of Ubisoft's employees, with other investigations ongoing. 
The company did not specify that other uh, that other individual, but product and brand manager Adrian Gibinji had been accused of manipulation, emotional abuse, and rape days before. Additionally, last month, Ubisoft Montreal's Ashraf Ismail, the creative director of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, left that project to properly, properly deal with the personal issues in his life after being accused of lying about his marital status to sleep with other women. The stories of misconduct were not limited to the company's Canadian studios. In addition to Haskaway, Ubisoft's Paris VP of Editorial and Creative Services, Tommy Francois, has been placed on disciplinary leave pending the outcome of an investigation. As for Cornet, the company has uh, said she decided to step down, uh, quote-unquote, as she believes it is the best interest of Ubisoft. While Ubisoft conducts a search for her successor, it is also restructuring and strengthening its HR function in order to adapt it to the new challenges of the video game industry. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm never doing I'm, an I'm, like that again. <laughs> were you reading off of mine or were you reading off of... I'm reading off what you sent me. Okay, yeah. I missed that one part because I was reformatting the... Uh, good article i'm glad you give me updates <laughs> i updated it you you sound way better than what that actual article sounds like but that's not the point okay, uh, okay. i'm surprised that ubisoft forward even fucking happened with all uh, this bullshit so the thing on. i will say about it that they did put out a tweet uh prior to the forward mm-hmm. uh, i want to read what that tweet says let me find it real quick and uh Let's see. Let's get all through all this shit that they announced. Uh, Ubisoft forward comes during a time of big internal change because all the content has been pre-recorded. We wanted to recognize that the issues we're, we're currently dealing with won't be addressed directly in the show. We still have significant work to do and are committed to this process. We will provide more updates soon. As to which Jim Sterling was like, Fuck you, Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> and people wonder why I love Jim Sterling so much. Uh, this is actually really, really huge because Sergey uh, Hasekoe um, was the chief creative director for every single game that was coming out. He was next to Gilemon as far as being extremely powerful within the company and virtually untouchable. So... For this to take place is a huge fucking deal. Burn these a establishments to the ground and restart. <laughs> so this is, is it's a good thing. It's it's a big deal, but it's a good thing. Let's just hope the corruption isn't in the same people that just took the spaces. Probably, but you know it is what it is. Yeah. Now now it'll be harder to figure this shit out. So but... more, more people, more people that should not be shitty to each other. Exactly. No, this this is great news. Uh, Lots of Ubisoft news this week. Yeah, it's almost like they had a press conference. Um, going into the thing that really matters, Far Cry 6 has been leaked, which not anymore because Far Cry 6 was revealed. Yeah, it's revealed. So fucking, I mean, if you watch the forward, you know what's going to be said, but uh, Inside Gaming kind of like led the charge on this. So pretty much we're heading to not Cuba. A Hong Kong PSN storefront revealed that the new Far Cry game is on the horizon. 
The English translation of the description, Far Cry 6, will take place in a Latin America country fashioned similarly after Cuba, reading, Welcome to Yara, a tropical paradise frozen in time. As the dictator of Yara, Anton Castillo, is intent on restoring his nation back to its former glory by any means necessary. With his son Diego following his bloody footsteps, their ruthless uh, oppression has ignited a revolution. What is of note is that the Better Call Saul and the Mandalorian stall Giancarlo Esposito is playing the role of the dictator himself, a role he teased back in early July. The description goes further, touting that the players will fight against Anton's troops in the largest Far Cry playground to date across jungles, beaches, and Esperanza, the capital city of Yara. Employ makeshift weapons, vehicles, and amigos, the new fangs for hire, to burn the tyrannical regime to the ground. The game is expected to be released February 18th, 2021. Uh, first and foremost, anytime that I hear any Ubisoft game say, oh, this is the biggest sandbox we've ever made yet, I roll my fucking eyes. Right. Like, they say it every single fucking time. What did I say when we saw the release date? I was like, oh, this is getting pushed back. Mm -hmm. It's only seven months away with no gameplay. Don't get me wrong. I I love the Far Cry series. That's my guilty pleasure video game because any Ubisoft game, you just, like, any game, any game that's a Ubisoft game, they're all the same. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. It's like a a Goo Goo Doll song. They're all the same. (laughs) You're just like, is this Iris? Oh, this is that other one. No, this is Iris. This is what this is. You know, you say that, and Iris is the one song that is, like, explicitly different from every other song. They're all the same. They're not all the same. That is the one song that they have that is, like, B, not even B standard. The, The tuning is just B. They tuned all their strings to B. Of all the people that I would thought that would not defend Goo Goo Dolls, you would have not been one of those people. <laughs> it's same people I, try to do that shit with the Ramones too. They're like, all oh, the Ramones, all the Ramones songs sound sound the same. I was like, what have you heard? Blitzkrieg Bop, Rockaway Beach, and Rock and Roll High School. That's the only ones you've heard. Yeah, those all kind of sound the same. You got to get into the other songs. Yeah, I know that we're going off in a tangent, but like, like. After, like, when I first listened to the Ramones and pretty much the three songs that you just mentioned, I'm like, all right, these guys are all right. They're, like, schoolhouse punk rock. Mm -hmm. No, they're shit. They're absolute fucking trash. Anybody who listens, anyone who listens to the Ramones has, like, shit taste. If you legitimately sit there and say that you enjoy the Ramones, I don't know what to think about you outside of, like, you're a fucking child. Have you ever listened to a live album? Uh, their live no, albums are 22 their minutes long. Because <laughs> they literally – they got in trouble because they got the cops called on them one time at a bar because the guy was like, they only played for 22 minutes. And when the cops showed up, they're like – Joey Ramone was like, I don't know why he's upset. We played a 14-song set list. Like, <laughs> we just did it really <laughs> fast. They hated being doing live shows. So they just played them really, really fast and got them out of there. That's outstanding. I love it. They're my type of band. It's great. Their version I need to be of in Spider-Man bed by theme is fantastic. Oh, I haven't heard that. I need to go check that, that out. That one's really maybe, good. So. Maybe it doesn't suck. Uh, no, Far Cry 6, I love I love Giancarlo. Uh, I loved him in fucking Breaking Bad, and I love him in uh, The Mandalorian. So He's in some other 
NBC or ABC show where it's like he's in a lot of shit. Post He's been acting for like twenty something years. It's but, sad that I've just now been hearing from him. So yeah, the the thing is, is that in Far Cry, uh, the only like real appeal that those games have is the villains. Yeah. Like, ever since I mean, they're three, on the covers. <laughs> ever since three. Because uh, I, I didn't play 1 and 2, and I don't know much about 1 and 2. They kind of, like, had the same formula, but I don't know if they had such an impactful protagonist-antagonist dynamic. The first one I think of is the cover where the guy has the one guy buried up to his eyes in sand. And that's Far Cry 3, I believe. Yeah, that's Voss. Yeah. Voss is still, like, one of the best. Yeah. Like, I would still say that he is the best villain um the the villains in far cry 5 they're they're pretty good like if you're fluent in crazy christian crazy american christian you'll feel at home uh you got me (laughs) (laughs) uh what's his name in four peng i think his name is peng that one that one was also really good the fifth one's the guy the blonde haired guy in the purple suit right I don't remember him being in a purple suit. No, that's that's four. That's four. Okay. That's four that you're thinking of. And he's he's a really good villain too. Um, however, if, if I'm really gonna pin it down, Voss Voss is the best villain, and it sucks because he's not even like the main villain of the game. He's just the kill most him. notable. Yeah, because you kill him three quarters through the game, and once once you do Spoilers! that, the game sucks. <laughs> I hope in this game you don't kill Gustavo when he gets away. <laughs> well, you I'm trying to think. You kill Voss, you don't kill Peng. Um, and you don't kill Joseph. Okay. I don't know I've if you ever pl- played Far Cry. I've Far. never played any of the Far Cry games. I played Far Cry Blood Dragon. That's all I've played. <laughs> that, that's a good game. I I actually haven't finished it. Uh no, the only the only villain so far that has actually been killed is Voss. Gotcha. Because you should play Far Cry 5 or just look up the ending of Far Cry 5. And yet it's just like, but did I win? Did, <laughs> did I did I win? Because okay. it was like, you sit there and like, it's been three years. I'm going to talk about it. Pretty much you have this cult of people saying that the wrath of God is going to come down on America. And everyone's freaking out because their, their groups have been building bunkers underneath these mountains and shit like that and so your town rises up to fight back and take out the the joseph family and you finally pinpoint like the head honcho joseph and joseph is just like nah the reckoning is coming and then a fucking nuke blows up in the background and then you're everyone's making a mad dash to find a fucking bunker and you go back to the bunker that you start the game in and it's just you and joseph and you're handcuffed to a bed and he's just like guess what you're the only family i got wow (laughs) yeah no so it's the prequel to fallout (laughs) yo no far cry 5 like the the antagonist probably wasn't as impactful as you know boss and peng like they're not as charismatic they're kind of creepy in their own way but that fucking ending bro that ending was so fucking good fucking spoilers god damn it (laughs) i don't give a shit you had your chance well all right 
Oh yeah, there it is. There's the cover of Far Cry Five. Yep. Anyway, tell me about this Nintendo Switch Pro sequel, uh, new new console, not new console. All right. Nintendo stands proud with Nintendo Switch. There have been rumors of a Nintendo Switch Pro and what Nintendo's next console may look like, but at the moment, Nintendo has mentioned has hasn't mentioned any plans beyond supporting the Switch and Switch Lite. However, during its 80th anniversary, uh, I'm sorry, during its 80th annual general meeting of shareholders, Nintendo did hint at their next console and how it may piggyback on what makes the Nintendo Switch so unique and successful. During the shareholders meeting, one investor suggests Nintendo should go beyond the limits of a TV for their next console. Replying to this, Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa and senior executive officer Ko Shioda point out that it has been made that it has made the switch an industry powerhouse and that the company will carefully consider this when de- when designing its next console as per president Fru- furukawa our current generation game system nintendo switch has entered its fourth year since la- launch but its momentum is increasing we believe that there are two factors behind this first is the existence of two hardware configurations which different with different characteristics in nintendo switch and nintendo switch Lite. The second factor is that Nintendo's development resources are concentrated on developing content for a single platform. They no longer have the home console split with the 3DS. Uh, We want to extend the life cycle of Nintendo Switch while maximizing such advantages. Adding to this, Ko Shioda noted that with the Switch, Nintendo has learned how important it is to make a console that fits into the consumer's daily life, which means giving consumers multiple ways of play. To Nintendo, this is what made the Switch so successful, and that's not something that will be lost on, this te- on the team who designs the next console. As per Ko Shioda, in addition to the performance aspects, the higher technical specifications, Nintendo's dedicated video game platforms are developed with a focus on uh, providing a comfortable environment for consumers to play fun software. From the perspective of playing with the image uh, with the image displayed on a TV, we believe that because consumers can play Nintendo Switch on a TV or the game console screen itself, it has greatly increased the opportunities for gameplay in various scenes in their lives compared to previous consoles. We see scenes on social media of children and their families sitting around a game console to play, which gives us a renewed sense of our value of our dedicated platform. We will utilize these experiences by carefully considering the form of our future con- game consoles that they take which means it's going to be some form of the switch for the next console it's going to be able to still have the handheld and the tv version what i'm worried is that nintendo has had this habit of coming out with a console that is just fucking solid all right Right. It's, it's a great fucking console and then the next iteration is shit so we with the wii u Wii with the Wii U, and I, I would argue that the jump between the Super Nintendo to the N64, while it wasn't great, it wasn't bad. Yeah, and it, it was, was also it was kind of like impactful as well. Yeah, like there was aspects of the N64 that was good. Um, GameCube was just a casualty, uh, an, an unfortunate casualty of the two other like, systems that had had come out yeah yeah because they were still trying to figure out a way to separate themselves from the pack as far as being more unique mm-hmm. and it just was not keeping up it was really weird too in a world where almost every game came out on every system yeah exactly you every single game you know you'd had the triad and then whoever was the poor unfortunate soul that owned a gamecube 
was just like, yep, the, here's your GameCube version. And that was just a theme that kept on mm-hmm. throughout the next two or three consoles. Anytime that you got the, the GameCube version or the Nintendo version of a game that came out on all the consoles, it was always the most inferior version. Nine times out of ten, it was the most yeah, inferior there's some, version. Yeah, there's some special situations where actually the GameCube version is the better version, but it's few and far between. That was probably more common with, um, what is it, sixth generation mm-hmm. uh, games rather than with the Wii and the Wii U. Because they were, like, for example, like Capcom vs. SNK 2, uh, that game obviously sucks on the GameCube. Like, yeah, the arcade first, perfect version is Xbox. My first one is uh, Sonic Heroes was really bad on the PlayStation 2, and it was much better on the GameCube. Yeah, but... Sonic Heroes was made with the GameCube in mind. Right. Like, they took they pl- they made it for the GameCube, then they ported it over to the other two games. Which is interesting, because what they learned from that is, more times than not, if you made a game for the GameCube, it's easier to port that over to Microsoft mm-hmm. than it was over to PlayStation. And that was just, like, a theme that I saw during that sixth generation. Now, seventh generation and beyond, like, no, fucking Nintendo is trash when it came to third-party games. Like, I think Scott the Wiz did a... Uh, Scott the Wiz. Uh, Wiz, thank you. Um, did a video of, like, the Call of Duty games on the Wii. Ugh. And <laughs> he he tried defending them, and I'm just like, nah, dude. You can't. Nah, you can't defend can't. those. I mean, it's 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 amazing that even some of the Resident Evil games were good on the Wii. Yeah, like that. That's the I would say that that's the anomaly. Resident Evil Four for the Wii is yeah, you wouldn't think the motion way would better, be great, but it is <laughs> way better than. And that was the first way that I experienced Resident Evil Four. So when I went over to play it on the PlayStation Three or the PlayStation Two, I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? I can't remember if I started. It was either GameCube or PlayStation Two is when I first played Resident Evil Four. I didn't like the GameCube version. I want to say it was the PlayStation 2 version because I was working at that video game store and I was just like, I want to play or something. So I started playing Resident Evil 4 because we had a 32-inch CRTV underneath the counter because the counter was oh, like nice. a, it was like a subway counter counter. <laughs> like, you know, when you were little and they were fucking huge and you couldn't see over them? Yeah, mm-hmm. we were, they were just like, what are you doing over there? I'm like, fucking testing games. Get off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Fucking... If they're they need to start looking at a new at a new console and at a new platform. Soon. Yeah, and I think they need to go they know that they can't go with the powerhouses. They can't deal with the main two powerhouses. I would say the main three powerhouses, which are Sony, uh Microsoft. Oh no, it's two powerhouses because I was going to put PC in there, but that's Microsoft as well. They know that they can't handle they can't go up side by side with those guys. But Nintendo has this amazing, I don't, they've been doing it for years where they just, they get their niche shit, their niche shit works, and it makes them a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, the first thing was, I would say the very first one that they knew, they were just like, oh, this prints money. It was the Wii. Everybody wanted the Wii. So much that there are so many Wiis in the world now. And then the next one I would say would be the 3DS. That thing printed money. The best example is the Switch. Mm. But, like, the Wii, the Wii was printing money really early 
in its life cycle because everybody wanted a Wii. It was the casual gamers platform. It was the motion controls and all that. Halfway through the life cycle, they were just like, this thing is a piece of garbage. There was so much shit bloatware on that system. I feel bad for anyone trying to complete a Wii collection. I know one person who has done it. One person. It's got to be a couple thousand games, right? Uh, It's at least a thousand. I want to say like... Because there's a lot of shit. There's like redneck backyard uh, sports games or whatever. Like there's just really bad games. 1,262. That's ridiculous. That's... That's completely ridiculous. Insane. That would take up so many shelves. <laughs> no, I saw one dude online who's actually completed it. It's crazy. Someone was like, oh, that's all the Vita games. And then Xeno Crisis came out. We're like, we got a Vita version coming out. And people were like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but for 35 bucks, you get the Vita version, like a physical version. And you get a physical version of the soundtrack. Which oh, isn't nice. Too that's bad. dope. So. If you count take into effect that the soundtrack's like ten bucks, then you get a game for twenty five. So, nice. Anyway, let's go into this next shit show. I had to say weird names so that I didn't have to talk about this article. <laughs> so, okay, I knew nothing about have this you, going in. I had to read it all. You about know nothing it. about this. I know, but now, okay. Uh, here's my first question: Do you know what the Coleco Chameleon was? I just know ColecoVision. Like, I know the name, but it was, like, even okay. earlier so before the Atari So you don't know Atari who Mike Kennedy is. Do what? So you don't know who Mike Kennedy is. No. Okay. So think back to about 2013. Uh, this situation with the Atari VCS is very reminiscent of what took place with the Coleco uh, Chameleon, except this actually saw some sort of release. Uh, the Coleco Chameleon did not. Uh, the Coleco Chameleon was a platform that said that they were going to have retro-style uh, Coleco games, ColecoVision games, but also create a platform so that modern games can also play on it. When this motherfucker uh, t- brought his prototype to the t- uh, New York Toy Fair, I think in like 2016, he put the motherboard inside of an old Atari Jaguar saying that he got the rights from Atari to house all of the Coleco chameleons inside this clear shell of an Atari Jaguar. When they actually started playing around with it or trying to show it off, there was no actual console. The motherboard was the actual board from a DVD remote control. And all the games that were being shown was a fucking uh, MP4 file. He tried doing the same thing again where he brought this console out and everyone looked at the console and they said, that's a Super Nintendo. And he's just like, no, it's a Coleco Chameleon. And he was just like, no, that's a Super Nintendo board. That's a Super Nintendo motherboard. And he was just like, no, it's not. And they're showing off the games. I'm like... That's a capture card. What are you doing? <laughs> wow, that was not in the articles you sent me. <laughs> so no, it's like background knowledge that I knew about. And the thing is that this dude tried to market in CrowdShare or CrowdFund the Coleco Chameleon on Indiegogo. 
And the reason why is because Indiegogo does not require you to have a prototype. Right. So let's get into the Atari VCS because this this is kind of like going into everything. Um, The Atari VCS is an upcoming retro-style console by the aforementioned company designed to both capture the hearts and nostalgia of gamers' yesteryears while also offering a platform for modern titles. The console is powered by an AMD Raven Ridge 2 processor and a Ryzen APU, or with a uh, Ryzen APU and a Vega 3 Radeon graphics technology chip. And Atari claims that that the box will output 4K resolution at 60 frames per second. The VCS also comes stock with 32 gigs of internal memory and 8 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM, which can be upgraded. The Atari OS is a Linux-based platform and will allow the user to create their own software and applications with ease. Its software or its development and marketing has been scrutinized over the past few years due to its choice of crowdfunding on Indiegogo. As for their reasoning, Atari claims that Indiegogo has been genuinely passionate about the Atari VCS at every stage of its development. It is also going to be incredibly helpful in building a new audience relationship that we need to finalize this product over the next several months to bring it to life in a big way. In reality, as I said before, it's because Kickstarter requires a working prototype and will not pay out the developers until the goals have been met. Indiegogo will not. In its original promotion, Atari claimed that not only will players be able to play over 100 classic Atari games like Pong, Missile Command, and Asteroids, but will also have new games launch on the platform like Tempest 4000. The problem is, in the case of Tempest 4000, nobody consulted Llamasoft, who is the game's developers. It's an odd situation because while Llamasoft develops games for the Tempest IP, Atari is the current rights holder and publisher. On the forum yakyak.org, developer Ivan Zorzin claims that he was blindsided by the announcement as their contract with Atari states nothing about developing for the game developing the game on the Atari VCS, let alone any of the official schematics or the OS of the platform itself. Zorzin believes that the footage is a result of one of two things. Either Atari was showing off uh, the PC version, or he pulled Atari pulled a Mike Kennedy and straight up faked the footage itself. That makes sense now that you've told me who Mike Kennedy was. Yes. Look back nine months ago, and the head architect of Atari VCS had quit the project for not being paid for over six months. Rob Wyatt, an industry veteran and a founding member of the OG Xbox team, and the former architect of the platform spoke critically of the company's ability to get the console out of the door, as they only received the prototype motherboard in September of 2019. That was a month before they quit. The lack of funds may have come from a lawsuit against Atari back in July of 2018, where Fiergal Mac Condola first proposed the idea of a classic console to Atari, but the company reneged on the deal to give him a 4% cut of the crowdfunding uh, revenues, valued at over $200,000, plus 25% of the company's setup launch of the console, and shares of the company. Atari raised over $3 million for the crowdfunding venture, but failed to pay the $112,000 that he was owed. Atari later settled outside of court for $82,400. Financial issues have loomed over the former tech giant since back in 2017, when the console was referred to simply as the Atari box. Atari refused to comment on the idea of a retro-style console for some time, remaining ambiguous uh, on the existence of the project and only sought to gauge player interest via email newsletter. 
The newsletter repeatedly sent out spam to thousands of consumers, announcing that the company would allow players to pre-order in December of 2017 for a period of three days, an event that came and went without much of a word. The VCS would later be delayed for Indiegogo backers in November 2019, stating that the official launch date for March 2020 would still take place. Spoiler alert, that didn't fucking happen. Uh, but the backer-exclusive version of the VCS would be pushed back to December. Atari Chief Operating Officer Michael Arts stated the following, Atari will always prioritize delivering a high-quality product over self-imposed deadlines, and our Indiegogo backers are extremely important to us. The entire team and I would like to thank the backers once again for their loyalty and continued support. I am sure that they will understand our prioritization for delivering a quality product above all else. Well, it's now July 2020, and the public pre-orders for the console have just hit GameStop and Walmart for a whopping total of $390. This is a classic console that they are selling for $390. That's more expensive than current-gen systems. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> but to think about it, the, the NES Classic that was... MSRP $60. The SNES Classic was MSRP about $70. The Sega Dreamcast Classic, or whatever the fucking official name was, was $70, now valued at $35. Dreamcast? The what fucking, the hell are you talking about? You mean not Sega Dreamcast, Genesis? Sega Genesis, thank okay. you. Sega Genesis. One can fucking hope, man. Uh, the fucking... The TurboGrafx 16, I think, is a hundred bucks, making it the most expensive at this point up until this. Insane. The package includes the console, a wireless legacy joystick, a modern controller fashioned after the Xbox One controller. When compared to other GPU APUs on the market, for anyone who doesn't know, an APU is a hybrid ship of a CPU and a GPU. Just throw that out there. Um when compared to other APUs on the market, the Atari VCS build is ranked at the bottom, offering a 0.46 teraflops. Compare that to the base PS4 1.8 teraflops for a console that's available for $300 at four times the power. Also, that controller does not look like an Xbox Pro controller. It reminds me, it, it looks like a fucking Ouya controller is what it looks like. <laughs> that doesn't look like an Ouya controller. Oh, no, I'm sorry, the Steam controller is what it looks like. Uh, okay, I I'll give you Steam controller. Maybe they took the shell and, like, added a few more pieces in there. Maybe. I don't know. Like, the console itself looks slick, but not $390. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I, it, it, the console looks great. I'm not even going to front. It's a, it's a gorgeous product when looking at the hardware. Um, But it doesn't perform at all. <laughs> uh, it should also be noted that the VCS is Linux-based, so one can simply just load their own OS onto the console. But even then, it would be next to impossible to run anything beyond onboard classic games. See, the base VCS comes with 4 gigabytes of RAM. The collector's edition and the next upgrade up has 8 gigs that can be then... Yeah. You can build on it. But the base model comes with 4 gigs of RAM, so any game that needed more... Then a gigabyte of VRAM, there's only three gigabytes left over to run the game itself and the OS. So good luck with that. Uh, the only value that this console gives is the offering of 100 classic games. But even then, 
it becomes much more so irrelevant when you can just buy the 2016 Atari Vault on Steam for ten fucking dollars. You know how much a RetroPie four is now? No. The bundle to get started is one hundred dollars, and the RetroPie four plays up to Dreamcast era of games. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Buy a RetroPie four. Don't buy this system. Now, it should be noted that um, they apparently got Fortnite to run on this bitch. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) They got Fortnite to run on it. But they were not using the proprietary Atari OS. They were using the Windows version. Of course. And they were using using a version of Windows that that they had not paid for. Because at the little... At the little yep, corner. It tells you that this is not an authentic version of Windows. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. Does that show that in the video? It's in another video, maybe. I mean, some dude was going, like, some dude was, they showed a video of him using uh, Netflix for the Atari OS. But when they went into Netflix, a little thing popped up, said, hey, Chrome didn't close properly. Do you want to <laughs> open up all your tabs again? And again, it's oh just my like, God, you're it just using video. Windows. Right in Fortnite, it says activate Windows, go to settings and account activation. Oh, my God. It even overlays the game. It doesn't yeah. do that. I've had PCs that did not have legit Windows on it. It was only on the, the, the background. It never overlapped a game. Oh my god. Fuck this system. <laughs> Fuck this shit, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hear me out. I guarantee you that this is going to be a collector's piece, but not in the way that Atari wants no, it. No, it's be. only going to want it's a collector's piece because of the controversy and the dumbassery around it. You know what you can I do? can't wait for this thing to fail so that that small little window when people are trying to offsell this for like 100 bucks, I'm going to steal one. I'm not even paying $100 for this. Oh, I'm stupid with money. What you should do is buy a broken Atari 2600, gut it, put a RetroPie in it, and there you go. (laughs) I have a 2600 I don't use. I might just I have one as well. All you got to do is learn, like, cut out a little thing in the back for an HDMI port and then mm-hmm. flush everything with the RetroPie. Because those RetroPie, I looked, I was looking at some videos, because I have a RetroPie 3, and RetroPie 3 plays up to, like, PlayStation 1 era and everything back. Uh, but I was looking at the RetroPie 4. Uh, it's actually the guy you showed me a lot of videos for. I can't remember what his name is. But uh, he was the one that we watched the video about the potential... N64, uh, like, retro, like, how about the retro? Oh, 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 MVG. Yeah, he was showing off the retro Pie 4, and uh, that looked fucking good. I almost bought yeah, one, but then I was like... Yeah, that's a smart motherfucker. You know what? If I, if I move forward with the arcade machine that I have in the shed, uh, I will buy a retro Pie 4 to go in there. Because ha- being able to have those Dreamcast games is a big deal. Because of so many fighters and all that stuff, so hell yes, yeah. it's interesting. But uh, no, this system can go burn in hell. So <laughs> <laughs> like this, is I, I I love this thing. I love how fucking stupid it is. Just it's do, so dumb. Do a little bit of research, people. It goes a long way. 
question one from Mr. Haru. If you can go back in time to see the debut of a movie, which one would you pick? I have three movies. Uh, I My first one I want to start off with, they're old movies. None of them are past 1980. So <laughs> I would love to go see a release weekend of Psycho from 1960. Okay. Just to see everyone. First of all, I would love to see Psycho without knowing what it's about. Because if you know nothing about Psycho and you go in watching that movie, that halfway stinger, you're just like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? So I haven't seen this movie. Good. If you know nothing about it, you should go. It's a black and white movie. It's Alfred Hitchcock's, probably Alfred Hitchcock's, one of his masterpiece movies. Uh, okay. If you know nothing about it, I'm envious of you, and you should go watch it. Like, I wish I didn't know everything about the movie. Okay. It's like it's like seeing Sixth Sense for the first time. You're like, oh, I've watched this movie once. I never need to watch it again, because now I know everything about it. So, right. Uh, just to see everyone's reaction, and also just to be able to see that for the first time. The next one I would want to see would be The Exorcist, 1973. Just to see everybody, like, to see that in 1973, you had not seen anything like that. And people were legitimately, like, passing out and freaking out in the movie theater and all that shit, so. But nowadays, it's nothing. Like, I've watched I love The Exorcist. It's a fantastic movie. But it's, it's not like what movies are now. But it's still an amazing movie, so. And then my number one, I'm going to steal. I'm pretty sure Mr. Haru or somebody has asked this on the Megavisions podcast. And uh, I'm going to steal Scotty's answer. Alien. I would want to see everyone's reaction to first seeing the alien chestburster scene. Hell yeah. Just to be like, you didn't know what this movie was about. And then it goes into that. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, just to see everyone's reaction. So there's Hell my yeah. three. Uh, I only have one. And it's one I just thought of because I have not looked at these questions yet. So you're getting the. Uh, <laughs> it's the raw truest. deal. It's the raw deal. I want to see the room. On debut. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. Same reason. I want to see what everyone's fucking reaction. You want to be in the screening with Tommy Wiseau? (laughs) I want to be sitting right next to the motherfucker. Well, you know, he got lucky because he made that movie, just like the creator of Troll 2, he made that movie to be serious. But then Tommy Wiseau embraced. He's like, oh, everyone thinks this is terrible. I'm going to act like that was on purpose. (laughs) So that's how he has been able to capitalize on that. Tommy Wiseau is a crazy wonder, person. I wonder if that ever like really hit his ego or if he was just like oh, the 100%. in him. You can see in the movie how big of an ego he has. He struggled mm-hmm. with it, and then he had to come to terms with it because he's like, I'm about to make a lot of fucking money off of this if I take it the right way. Right. Okay. It's like Neil Breen. You ever watched a Neil Breen movie? You no. should go check out Neil Breen. I'm not going to tell you anything about Neil Breen because this man is crazy. But this man, this man legitimately thinks he makes good movies. Oh, I've seen this one. They're crazy. Oh, yeah. It's this guy. Faithful findings. Yeah. Twisted. This is the dude that thinks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now he is trying to get because he has funded all these movies himself. He has. Five movies that in a recent doc in a recent five hour documentary where he teaches you how to make movies, he says about forty times that he has five theatrical release movies that he has uh uh 
monetarily provided himself, and now he's basically looking for sponsors to see if someone would want to work with him. Neil Breen is... I'm going to steal from what Red Letter Media talks about Neil Breen all the time. And they have a phrasing where it says, eyes on Breen. Eyes on Breen. Like, anytime he's in public, people are like, eyes on Breen! Keep eyes on Breen! (laughs) (laughs) Neil Breen's a crazy person. You should go just watch excerpts or watch the Red Letter Media episodes where they watch Neil Breen movies. And you just go, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Okay. It is yeah. insane. It's he's crazy. Oh man. Uh second question. Have you ever been suggested something that close friends swore was amazing, but your takeaway would be the complete opposite? Man, I sat here and tried to think of this. I know there's things in my past where this has happened, but the first thing I could think of was just bleach. Everyone always Oh, another one, Death Note. Everyone was like, Death Note's so good. And I watched it, I was like, This is fine. But I'm good. <laughs> That's my feeling about Naruto. I, just My Hero Academia is better than Naruto. Yeah, but even I'm, I'm trying to put myself in middle school and in like early high school. And when, you know, we were all watching anime and like not like seriously watching anime. Like we knew what anime was. We knew what like, you know, the Japanese animation bullshit was until like high school. And we would learn like, oh, shit. This, this new big three, One Piece, Bleach, Naruto, the, yeah. and finding all the other, like, the manga and the other fucking anime, like, Chrono Crusade and fucking uh, Defense Devil and Hunter Hunter and fucking, uh, what's that other one? Um, D. Gray Man. Shaman <laughs> Shaman King. There you go. Like... A lot of the stuff that was from Shonen Jump and other magazines that was trying to be Shonen Jump. But I just remember everyone, for some reason, except for my circle of friends, because we were really more Bleach fans. um, Like, a lot of the kids in the lower grades were, like, huge on Naruto. And I'm just like, I can't do Naruto. That's funny, because I'm a year older than you, and I was huge into Naruto before it came to the States. I can, re- so, I can literally say that when it came to the States, and I'm not, and that sounds really weeaboo bougie, but that's mm-hmm. about the time the Japanese version started taking a dip. So when I found out about Naruto, I was given a DVD. I think I was in the seventh grade, which would put me uh, 2003, 2004. Um, and it was just the first eight episodes of the Japanese uh, dub, right? Where the Jap- it was the, it was a sub, and not long after that, Shonen Jump showed off uh, the first few chapters of Naruto, and that one arc that was going on was when Team Seven was facing off against Haku. So it was super early. It was like their first conflict. Yeah, that was Zabuza so, and Haku. Right. So, I mean, that's how that's my first taste of Naruto. And at the time, I thought it was like, all right, it's it's pretty cool. It's not that bad. Um, but Bleach was really more of my cup of tea just because of the aesthetic and like watching the anime, the the never fucking could. the music. Never got into it. I never could. So many people told me like, you should watch Bleach. It's so good. And then I'm like, no, I'm good. But now, there, there's my I'm, answer. I'm trying to think of like a game. I can't really. There's got to be some kind of game. 
I mean, you know what? I have tried many times to get, and uh, here's the thing. I think Disgaea franchise is a very good franchise, but I can't mm-hmm. play those games. I can't. I just don't have, I can't sit down and put the amount of time that is required to get those games. Cause like there are like, you, there's a lot of grinding. Like you level a character all the way up and then restart them to level one so that they're like super good. And then you keep doing that over and over again to get like overpowered characters. I'm just like I think my equivalent to that would be the Tekken series. Yeah. Like I know how te- good Tekken is, but I I I'm just Tekken stupid. I don't get it. Tekken stupid. I just don't. Like if the rumors and these are like like far cry rumors, but if the rumors are true and Kiryu is coming to Tekken, I will learn that fucking game. I mean, fucking uh not Neil, what's his name? Negan came to Tekken. I don't understand that one still, but anything's possible. Finn and Jake yeah. might be coming to Tekken, so... <laughs> Hell yeah! You know what? I'm gonna go opposite. A lot of people will be like, the Bloody Roar series is terrible. I think the Bloody Roar series is a fucking good franchise. I love the Bloody Roar Have series. Have you played Bloody Roar 4? Was that the GameCube version? Uh, It might be. Because I've beaten that game. I really? I beat the final boss by ring out because I'm a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> uh Bloody Roar 4. Uh I for some reason I thought it was super fucking expensive. Bloody Roar 4 is the one uh, with the blonde have... chick on the front, I believe. Redhead. Redhead. It's the redhead chick. It's the GameCube version, yep. right? Well, this one has the PlayStation 2. But so GameCube, PlayStation 2, yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, the last Bloody Roar we've had? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Who was the developer? This site on that? has it for forty-seven. Uh, Hudson Soft. Oh come on, Hudson Soft. Get us a. I am the Matt McMuscles of this podcast, is what I am really. Because <laughs> Matt McMuscles is just like, yeah, Bloody Roar. And I'm like, yeah, Bloody Roar. And they're like, fuck you, not Matt. Oh, there's also Bloody Roar Extreme. I don't know what that is. Is it a mobile game? <laughs> it sounds no, like a mobile no, no, game. No. <laughs> Definitely would not be a mobile game. All right. What, this what's Bloody Roar Primal Fury? Uh, favorite taco topping? Favorite taco topping? Nacho cheese is pretty good on a taco. Just like a regular taco, taco, put a little bit of nacho cheese on top of it. Or some queso. That makes it good. I don't know if that's considered a topping. I would say, no, cheese is a topping. Like, anything that's not the meat, I would say, is a topping. Right? So, I like cabbage or ginger. So, you go Um, more Asian-themed, kind of like tacos? Well, no. No, 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 no. I'm not even sure if I'm getting the right vegetable on there, but... um... So I when I order tacos, I try to go for like the authentic ones. So we have a uh You're talking about a the Peruvian radishes or whatever? Pickled radish? I, yeah, I think so. I think so. And they're, I think they're that's red or is. purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pickled radish. So that that's what I really like on there. If you just put a little bit of there, uh slice small slice of avocado and a little bit of uh lemon on there. It's either it's, it's either uh it's either that or it's pickled red pep red onion. I've seen pickled red onion as well. Mm-hmm. So like it's very lightly pickled. So, uh, I mean, you're gonna think I'm weird. I like sour cream on my tacos. I don't think it's weird. I just think it's American. 
Like, I guess, yeah. I also uh, like Valentina's. I'm used to Spanish food. I so. like my my friend from uh, Texas recently got me a few years ago Valentina sauce, like the bottle for a dollar on the the on the oh, Mexican yeah, yeah, aisle yeah. of Walmart. That shit's mm-hmm. baller. Like that's some of the best, cheapest hot sauces you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. It's the best hot yeah. sauce you're gonna get for your, the ba- best bang for your buck. Um, favorite Lego set. I haven't messed with Legos. Like I, I know of like Star Wars and like Jurassic Park and stuff. I never really liked the sets. I like just making shit with Legos. I I stuck to the sets. Uh, my favorite was the Pod Racer one. Of course. Um, of course it was. Uh, you had this really massive set. There was over two thousand pieces, I think. Um, and you had Sebulba, Anakin, and Gascano. And you. Just, I- I think some of the older Legos, like, I think there was, like, some old, like, Star Wars Legos from the old movies. Mm -hmm. Like, Lego sets. Because the only thing I can remember is, like, from, uh, I don't know if they were Lego sets, but in that 70s show, Eric, I think they're actually models. I don't think they're Lego sets in that 70s show. But, uh, because there's a part where Eric's all playing, like, with models and Legos, and it's all Star Wars shit. So those are cool, but. I don't know. I'm not super big. You know who's it big in this Legos is uh, Jason Sipes' wife. She streams Lego yes. shit a lot, and she's part of a Lego community on Twitch. So if you're interested in that, you should go. I think it's Miss Tapcat. You can go check her out, or go check out Jason Sipes because she's over there, and they talk about Lego stuff as well. You can go check them out over on Twitch. So Nice. But, yeah. uh, finally, what movie needs a Lego game? Did the Lego movie get a game? Because I would love the Lego movie to get a game if it hasn't. Yes, it did. It did get one? Okay. It did. John Wick. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you wanted to do a kid John Wick version, yeah. There's so I think it would be great. Anytime he, like, shoots them, they just all fall apart. The, I mean, the main movie's like, you know what? Uh, Give the thing a Lego set. <laughs> Give me a horror movie Lego set. Like, give me a OG 1979 Halloween uh, Lego set. Speaking of which, did you see anything about... So, they have pushed... The next Halloween movie was supposed to be Halloween Kills. And it was supposed to come out this year. But they pushed it so that because they can't release it in theaters because of COVID. So, John Carpenter and I think uh, his son or something like that, they were like, we're going to push it to... 2021 so people can watch it in the theaters and all that and and fans are like go fuck yourself you just want to make more money that's all you uh-huh. want to do <laughs> apparently it's a halloween trilogy it's supposed to be halloween no he's still alive it's john Carpenter. yeah he's fucking old as shit he smokes like a carton of cigarettes a day good for him uh but it's supposed to be halloween halloween kills and then like halloween ends so it's supposed to be like some kind of a trilogy i watched the new halloween movie i didn't like it i thought it was very sloppily done uh i think uh there were better halloween movies uh there was just times where i was like what why the fuck did that happen so oh, i dropped a controller so it's fine but now i would like a horror theme the thing Give me Jason, Friday the 13th. Freddy, you could do Friday the 13th and you do some crazy-ass shit with some Friday the 13th Lego sets. I would do that. Dream Warriors Lego set for Friday the 13th or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yeah, I could do that. Okay. 
That's all we got. Uh, that's it. Surprisingly. That's all we got. What are you up to this week? This week I'm going to be finishing Curse of the Moon 2. I'll probably play – I'm just going to backtrack on Monster Hunter since I've done the new shit. I'm going to go backtrack and just like make a bunch of armor sets that I didn't have. And now that I've messed with dual blades, I'm going to mess with some other weapons that I haven't played yet. Uh, I'm going to level up some more in uh, – uh, I'm going to play some more Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, not, I'm not going to be streaming. I'm, I'm holding off on the streaming for right now. I might stream, but I'm not doing any scheduled stuff, uh, mm-hmm. especially with how school is going to be starting within the next month. Uh, streaming is going to have to take a backseat. If I'm going to do work, school, and the podcast, then something has to give, which would be the streaming. So, But right. I'll, I'll throw some streams in there maybe every once in a while. Uh, what else? Uh, I think Paper Mario comes out on the 17th. Uh, I might, I might pick that up. I don't know if I'm, I, I'll probably day one, pick it up. I have, I don't have a switch game, like a $60 switch game that I bought in a while. I'll probably pick that up and play it. I watched, uh, Nintendo's show off of that and the way forward Bakugan game. That was garbage. But, uh, was that in a direct? Cause I don't think I've seen that direct. I don't know if it was a legit direct, but it was brought to you by Nintendo. Because they were showing okay. off, like, they showed off, like, the first 15 or 20 minutes of Mario, Paper Mario. Okay. They showed off so up I... to the first boss battle, and then before you beat the boss, before the person playing beat the boss, they stopped it. Because they didn't want to show okay. you what happened. And then... Uh... Um, my copy of Paper Mario is being pushed back to the 21st, so I'm probably just going to get Ghost of Tsushima until the 21st. I'm still waiting on my GameStop order to come in. It was supposed to come in on the 11th. It's been pushed to the 16th. Oh shit! So I'm hoping it says there. It says the package is in Little Rock, so it's close by. It's like two hours mm-hmm. away. And uh, no, I might if the weather if it gets warmer. It's been 95 the past four, three months here, but if the war- weather gets warmer, I want to get back out in the wood shop and make a, make some more shit. But other than nice. that. I'm going to try and make Scotty play Stick Fight this week. Because that's a fun fucking multiplayer game. You ever played Stick Fight? Nah. It's, check it out. Stick Fight is fantastic. It's a 1v1 fighter when you just, it's guns and you're a stick person, kill each other. Next level. That's how, it's like Duck Game, but a lot quicker. Okay. So I'm going to try and get him to play that. But that's all I got going on. Uh, me and the boys are trying to do a dead or alive night tomorrow. Ew. So once, at least once a week, we've been playing either Guilty Gear or DBFZ, and we've both come to we've all come to terms that DBFZ is Brian's game, Guilty Gear is my game, and there's just no there's no meeting the skill gap. Gotcha. So we're gonna find a game where we all don't know dick about anything. <laughs> And we'll see we'll see where it goes from there. So it's dead or alive. All my other projects I'm still working on. Um yeah, that's about it. Cool. I yep. uh what was it? There was something else I was gonna try and get Scotty to play too. I was gonna see if we could do uh Castlevania or not Castlevania, but Bloodstain. But he's like, I don't really play Castlevania games and I was like, Well fuck you then. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we'll see. So little chill night chill recording this time nothing too crazy so yep all right everyone get the fuck out of my house because it's time for daddy to get naked so 
Y'all take it easy. Thank you.